Welcome to the Av Youth Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to our latest messages and everything Av Youth related. We hope you enjoy today's episode. But tonight, we are jumping into our new, our new series, our old series, the series finale of what in what in the 2020 exactly? And this series has been great. Now, if this is your first time with us and you've never been here for this series, what it's about is this. This year, 2020, is a year like no other. This year, 2020, is going to be a year that is going to go down in our history books. When we have kids, when I have kids, they're going to read about this year. And the thing that got brought to our attention is this. Since this year is going to be in our history books, whenever this year gets brought up, how do we want to be remembered in it? Do we want to be remembered for this year to be a year that we just cruised through, this year where we just got by, we didn't do too much, but we just did what we needed to do? Do we want this year to be remembered as a year that we just completely fell flat on our face? Or is this a year we want to remember as the year we grew closer to God than ever before? A year that God used us more than ever before. And so tonight, we're wrapping this series up, and we're going to talk about somebody in the Bible that really I had a hard time picking. You see, at the end of the series, whenever we have a series planning meeting, we'll sit down with a few different leaders, and we'll go over the new series idea that either popped into my mind or popped into the leader's mind, and we'll sit there, and we'll go over all the topics. And it came to the last week where we had two topics to pick from. It was either Judas... Now, a lot of you probably know who Judas is. If you've never even grown up in church or never even been to church, you've probably heard of Judas. Judas is the homeboy that stabbed Jesus in the back. He is the one that single-handedly traded Jesus over for a few change, for a little bit of money, and essentially got Jesus killed. It was either we're going to talk about Judas or there was another guy in the Bible. The other guy in the Bible goes by the name of Pontius Pilate. Anybody ever heard of the name before? few of us. Okay, cool, cool. I'm glad I picked this one then because not a lot of us know. Pontius Pilate at the time was the governor in the region where Jesus was at. When Jesus was betrayed, or betrayed by Judas, he had to go and meet in front of Pilate. And we're going to see tonight that Pilate, Pontius Pilate, instead of going off of his own understanding, his own feelings, his own knowledge, went against all that, and listen to these outside noises of the crowd that was surrounding him. And I believe in 2020, especially this year, that's happened to us more than ever, where we've listened to outside noises, we've listened to social media, we've listened to people on YouTube, to, to, to influencers, and, and we've just been out here going along with whatever it is that everybody else is doing. Reposting whatever it is, not truly understanding what is behind this. And you see, that can be a dangerous place. It can be a really dangerous place to be. And we're going to see how Pontius Pilate did exactly that, and it is not going to end well for him. So where you're at, if you're taking notes, I want you to write down the title of tonight's message, and that is this, Tug of War. Anybody ever played Tug of War before? Every hand should go up. I love Tug of War because I'm fat. I just sit at the end, and I sit at the end, and I just hold on, and, like, they can't move me just because I'm a big dude. So it's, like, a really fun time when I play tug-of-war. But 
the title of tonight's message is tug of war. Because even though tug of war is fun when we get to play it as a game, but when tug of war happens in our soul, when tug of war happens in our lives, it's not a fun place to be. And tonight we're going to talk about that. Tonight we're going to see how there was a tug of war happening in Pontius Pilate's life. And tonight, I just want to say this, this last thing, and we're going to pray and get into tonight's message. There's one thing. If you're a first-time guest with us, I just want to say welcome. We're so excited that you're here with us. My name is Charlie. I'm the youth pastor here. And there is one thing. There's usually three, but I don't have enough time. There's one thing that I want you to know tonight. The one thing for you to just be caught up to speed on who we are here at Ave Youth, and that's this. You don't have to believe. I love it. You don't have to believe to belong, meaning this. We don't expect you to show up here on Wednesday night believing in Jesus right away. We don't. But we hope and we pray that maybe after tonight, maybe next week, whenever that time may be, that you will leave here with a relationship with Jesus, understanding that's the greatest decision you can ever make in your life. But right now, we're going to pray, and we're going to get into tonight's message. So if you can, let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and let's pray. God, we are so thankful for who you are and what you're doing in this place today. God, we again just lift Christian up to you as you guide him into this next season of life. God, we are just behind Christian. We are supporting Christian, God, and we know that this is your calling for his life. But God, I specifically pray for tonight's message that you speak through me. God, let this be all your words, none of my words. Let your Holy Spirit lead tonight, God. Again, you saw how, how torn up I was on who it was to pick. So God, I'm praying tonight this is exactly what you want us to hear today. And we pray this in your name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I got a question. And the question is this. Have you ever been talked into doing something? Like with your friends or something? It's like, hey, jump off this cliff. And you're like, no. And they say, do it, dude. And like, all right, I got it. Like, anybody ever been there before? Okay, cool. A lot of you guys, you're headstrong. That's a good thing. See, I'm, see, I'm not headstrong. You see, I remember when I was eight. I want to say I'm eight because this is going to be an embarrassing moment. When I was eight. I got talked into doing something I shouldn't have done. I got talked into showing off. Who knows that once you try and, like, show off, maybe you got, like, good basketball skills or something like that, and you're, like, trying to cross somebody up, and you roll your own ankle, and it's like you're out for the season. It's like, yeah, see, karma. Karma comes to get you. But for me, it was when I was eight years old, and I went dirt bike riding with my family out in this place called Glamis. Glamis is practically just a big sandbox. And so we're out there with our family. We built this track outside of our camp, and I had just got done riding. I'm on this little quad. It was the cutest thing in the world. I wish I had a picture, but I don't. And my mom and her best friend went out on the track on these little bikes that they had. I remember I just got off the track. I'm feeling good. Got my Gatorade. Got my sponsors, Monster, and all that good stuff. And as they're riding around, my uncle comes up to me, and my dad comes up to me. And they say this, Charlie, mijo. No, I'm playing. I didn't say that. But they say, <laughs> my dad is white as white can be. Um, but they were like, Charlie, why are, you letting you, why are you letting mom and her friend out there show you up? I was like, what do you mean show me up? They're old. They're going slow. And, and they're like, they're showing you up. They're going faster around the track. You need to go out there and show them how it's done. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And there, he was like, what are you, a wussy? I was like, oh, no, you didn't. And so I remember putting my helmet on. I already had my boots on. I hopped on my bike, and I started going out there. Again, I'm eight years old. My bike doesn't go fast at all, but I'm out there, and I'm trying to do my thing. And I jump on the track, and I'm passing my mom. I'm passing her friend, and I'm feeling good about myself. And it came to the point where 
I felt so good about myself, we had built a little jump. And I was like, you know what? Full send, bro. As an eight-year-old, <laughs> just yelling. No, I'm playing. But I was like, I'm going to jump this. And I punched it as hard as I could. I'm my full throttle, wide open. I'm going probably like five miles an hour. But I'm just going as fast as I can. And I jumped this jump. And in my mind, I'm feeling like, dude, I'm getting so much air. But when realistically, it was probably just like Napoleon Dynamite when Pedro jumped off. And Napoleon was like, dude, you got like five feet of air. And it was like legit probably like a foot. But I'm in the air. And I'm like, man, this feels so good. I even had the audacity to look back at my mom. I was like, what's good, woman? And <laughs> but I looked back at her. And when I looked back, I just went like head first into the ground. My body's over the bike. I'm like holding on for dear life. I'm looking at the tire like, hey, what's good? And the tire's looking back at me. I'm like, I'm going to die. Like, this is not a good situation to be in. And I end up letting go of the bike. I fall over the bike. And soon enough, as I'm laying there, and I'm just like, mm, the bike comes and rolls right over me. Remind you, I'm eight years old, so just remember that when I say what happened next. I was crying like a baby. I mean, when I mean crying like a baby, I mean like I had snot coming out my nose, like those snot bubbles mixed with sand because we're in the desert. It was the most awful feeling in the world. I remember my dad comes out there. He picks me up. He's like, what are you doing, idiot? I told you not to go out there. I was like, you told me to. And all these different things. And I remember taking my shirt off as an eight-year-old, and I had a tire mark going down my chest because the bike rolled right over me. Now, moral of the story was I shouldn't have listened to my dad and my uncle. And even though that's a funny story, I think in 2020, that's happened to a lot of us. Where maybe we've felt like we've been ran over maybe by a girlfriend, ran over by a boyfriend, maybe family members, maybe friends, maybe somebody on Instagram. I don't know, you know. And the reason why we might feel like that is because we've allowed these certain people in our lives to speak into our lives when they have no business to do so. And we listen to what they have to say when, in all honesty, we probably should not be listening to them. And I feel like in 2020, that's happening more than ever because this year has been the year where we've just been all on social media. And I'm not trying to come in here and this message isn't about bashing social media. I love me some social media. I love it when I can follow my sports team. Shout out Bucks. Where's Julian at? He's the only Buccaneer fan I know. There we go. Like, hey, hey Jude, it's okay. Um, I love it. But I think this year has been a year where we've been so influenced by social media that it's only, it's only hurting us where we've allowed certain people on social media, certain accounts, certain people even on YouTube, certain people on TikTok to talk into our lives when really they have no idea who we are. And all that's going to do is hurt us. And tonight as we look at Pontius Pilate, we're going to see how that same exact kind of theory happened in Pilate's life, where Pilate's going to listen to the crowd and make a horrible decision. So if you're taking notes what I want you to do is I want you to write down the very first point. The very first point for tonight is this. Free my homie Jesus. Free my homie Jesus. You see, and if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 11. And as you flip there, I'm going to give you some background. I already said some of this. But in this moment in Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 27, verse 11. And in this moment, we're going to see right now in Jesus' life, Jesus has already been betrayed by Judas. 
Jesus has already been betrayed by Judas. He's already been beaten a few times. He's bloody. He's hurting. And now he's sitting in front of Pontius Pilate. He's sitting in front of Pontius Pilate pretty much on trial. And this is what happens next. Matthew 27, verse 11. We're going to read 11 through 19. I only got two two points for you, so it's going to be somewhat quick. Verse 11 says this. Now Jesus was standing before Pilate, the Roman governor. Are you the king of the Jews? The governor asked him. Jesus replied, you have said it. What a savage remark. Like, that is such an awesome remark. If someone comes up to me and, like, says, hey, are you the youth pastor of Ave Youth? I'm going to be like, you have said it. Like, that sounds, like, so, like, full of myself. But Jesus can get away with it because he's Jesus. But verse 12. But when the leading priests and the elders made their accusations against him, Jesus remained silent. Don't you hear all these charges they are bringing against you, Pilate demanded. But Jesus made no response to any of the charges, much to the governor's surprise. Remember verse 14, because we're going to come back to that. Verse 15, four more verses. Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd. Reminder, Jesus has been arrested. Jesus is in custody. So technically in this moment, in Matthew chapter 27, Jesus is a prisoner. Verse 16, this year there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas. First off, could you imagine having the name Barabbas? It's, I think it's safe to say no one here has the name Barabbas. Maybe the last name, I don't know. But uh, Aubrey, we're going to name our next kid Barabbas. Does that sound good? <laughs> oh, wait, I said, <sighs> hold up. All right, let's keep reading. Verse 17, as the crowds gathered, Before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, which one of you do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Verse 18, he knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. Verse 19, last verse before we get to point two. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message. Leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. All right, let's pause. Reading these eight verses, I want you to place yourself in Pilate's shoes. Pontius Pilate, the person we're talking about tonight. Place yourself in his shoes. After hearing everything about Jesus, Again, Jesus has been arrested, Jesus has been beaten, and now Jesus is sitting right in front of Pontius Pilate. All these accusations are coming towards him. Jesus didn't respond to pretty much any of it, and all of this is happening. Wife gave them this letter, everything. How would you respond? Don't shout it out, just think to yourself. Like if you were Pontius Pilate, Jesus' faith is in your hands right now. Is he going to get crucified or is he not? Is he going to be guilty or not guilty? Obviously, if you know a little bit about the Bible, we know that Jesus is going to walk out of this situation guilty. But if you were Pilate, what would you do? Because after reading these eight verses, I look at this story and I'm like, Pilate, how could you be such an idiot? Like everything was lined up in Jesus' favor. Everything. When you look at it, you can look at verse 11. Pull Pull back up verse 11. 
Verse 11 says this. We got verse 11? Boom, there we go. Verse 11 says, verse 11 says this. Now Jesus was standing there before Pilate, the Roman governor. Are you the king of the Jews? The governor asked him. Jesus replied, you have said it. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been in trouble from your parents or maybe even in trouble in, in, in school and they say, hey, did you do this? The first response I have is, no, I didn't do it. It was so-and-so. It wasn't me. And I make up a list of excuses to why it wasn't me, even though it was me. Anyone ever done that before? It's okay. You're in church. You can, you can tell the truth. Shame the devil. I've done that many of times. So when you look at Jesus' life, sitting right in front of Pilate, knowing what's about to happen, if I was Jesus, I would have been making up all these things, not even making them up because it will be true, of why I wasn't guilty. Because, again, Jesus did nothing wrong. Jesus had probably the biggest hater fan in the world that led him into cuffs. So as he's sitting there, he doesn't even make a remark to all these accusations that are coming towards Jesus. So Pilate looks at him and he even says, I, I was surprised. Because he knows that Jesus is acting like someone has never acted before in front of Pontius's Pilate in the middle of a trial. That's the first thing. When you keep reading, you look at verse 18. Look at verse 18 real quick. It says this. Where am I at? Right here. Verse 18. But he knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested out of envy. Pontius Pilate is even saying this. He knows. He's saying, hey, look, I know that the religious leaders arrested Jesus out of envy because they didn't like him. Could you imagine having a, a group of people not like you so much that they try and get you arrested? I don't know about you, but I just try to get through the day without trying to figure out where I'm going to eat at night. I don't have anybody trying. I'm not worrying about anybody trying to arrest me. But yet, Judas, or, but yet Pontius Pilate knows this. Now, verse 19 to me is the biggest one. Verse 19, just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message. Leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Question, who in here ever has dreams? I love my dreams, if I can remember them. Who in here kind of like actually vividly remember a dream? Okay, dope. Y'all smart. I ain't. I love it when I can remember a dream. But let me ask you this question now. Have you ever had a dream that when you woke up, it made you want to go do something? Like it made you feel so convicted. Maybe it made you go and feel like you need to go out and, and save somebody's life. It made you go out and act upon your dream because I can guarantee you probably 99.9% .9 of us here today, has, that has never happened to us before. So yet right now in this moment, Pontius Pilate's wife comes to him from this dream saying all these things. It's just another sign to how Jesus is innocent, that Jesus is not at fault. It's crazy to me. But the biggest one, and this is the last verse we're going to read in point one, and we'll get to point two and we'll close out, is what's said in Luke chapter 23, verse 4. This is the same moment pretty much just in Luke. It says this is the first time Pontius Pilate and Jesus met. You can put it up there. Pilate turned to the leading priest and to the crowd and said, I have found nothing wrong with this man. I have found nothing wrong with this man. Again, we know how the story ends. We know Jesus goes to the cross and he dies for us. So my question is this. If Pilate had all of this information right in front of him, why did he still choose to send Jesus to the cross? 
Why did he still choose for Jesus to be murdered? It's the question to ask. It's the question to think about. And you see, point two, we're going to answer that question. But before we do, I lied. I got, what the heck? I thought that was a lawnmower. But I lied. I got one more verse for you. That's verse 15. Can we pull that up again one more time? Verse 15. I'm just going to read it. It says this. Because I felt like when I was going over this message today, I know I'm, I, it might be a little long. But I was going over this message today, and I was like, I feel like God was just saying, you need to share this verse because this is going to set somebody free tonight. Verse 15 says this. Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. Now when you read this story and you understand Pilate's life and you understand everything that's happening in Pilate's situation, it's interesting to me. Because again, I, I truly believe, and you'll see, Pilate does not want to send Jesus to be crucified. He does not at all. But yet he's in a situation right now where he feels like he needs to. Because you see, the thing about Pontius Pilate that I didn't share with you earlier is this. Pontius Pilate in this moment right now, Matthew chapter 27, is on thin ice with the governor, as a governor. He's messed up time after time after time again, and he's on thin ice. If he makes one more mistake, he's gone. He's out of his position, doesn't have a job anymore. He's moved out of the house. So in this moment, Pontius Pilate is torn. He knows Jesus is, is saved. He knows Jesus is not at fault, but everybody else is saying so. So he doesn't know what to do, but I'm not, I'm not caught up on that. What I'm caught up on is this. Pontius Pilate, in verse 15, was trying to find a way out of the situation that was at hand. Instead of dealing with the issue that was right in front of him, he tried to find a cop-out. He tried to find a way out of dealing with the issue. And the reason why I wanted to pause and take a minute to talk about this is because I believe in 2020, a lot of us has been dealt with certain situations that we wish we did not have to deal with. A lot of us have had conversations. A lot of us have had questions. A lot of us have had moments where certain things happen that we wish didn't happen. And what we try to do is instead of talk about those certain things, instead of trying to bring them to light, instead of trying to get help from, what we do is we push them down inside of us or we push them to the side and we try to cover it up. We try to cop out. We try to do anything and everything besides deal with a certain issue that's at hand. Just exactly like what Pilate's doing. But let me tell you this. That does not work. It does not work. Trust me. I know by first hand, I'm a very passive person. If an issue comes up, I'm going to push that thing to the side. I'm a stiff arm like Derrick Henry stiffed arm Josh Norman the other night. Like I'm going to get that thing out of my way. It was brutal. But that's me. And I know from experience, the longer and longer I stiff arm, the longer and longer I push away, the bigger the issue becomes. The bigger the issue the com it comes. And I'm telling you right now, guys, if there's some of us here tonight that we've been pushing off issues, we've been pushing off, pushing off certain situations, certain things that we know is not right, that we know we need to deal with, I'm telling you right now, if you handle that tonight, it's going to be a lot easier handling it tonight than it would be tomorrow. Because the longer you hold on, the bigger the issue. The longer you hold on, the more you do not want to talk about what's happening in your life. And Pontius Pilate is a key example of this. Instead of doing what he knows is right, he pushes it to the side. Don't do that. But now let's jump into point two, and we're going to wrap this thing up. 
Point two says this. The push and the pull. Point two. The push and pull. Last point for the night. When it comes to tug of war, there is a lot of pushing and a lot of pulling. And the same thing when it comes in our lives, when certain things happen, it feels like there's a lot of push and pull eternal, a lot of push and pull in our soul, in our heart, in our nerves that we wish was not there. And we're going to see how Pontius Pilate handles that. Last few verses I'm going to read to you, four verses, that six verses, I lied. That's it. Starting in verse 20, it says this. Meanwhile, the leading priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Bar- uh, Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. Remember that. So the governor asked again, which of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas. Pilate responded, then what should I do with Jesus who was called the Messiah? They shouted back, crucify him. Why, Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that a riot was developing. So he sent a bowl of water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am an innocent I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. Verse 25, and all the people yelled back, we will take responsibility for his death, and we and our children. So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tip whip and turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. So we see It doesn't end pretty for Jesus. We see that in this moment, the reason why Pontius Pilate did not say that Jesus was not guilty is because the crowd was yelling at him. Because he knew he was on thin ice. If he would have let Jesus go, he would have lost his job more than likely. And the thing is this. I don't want to just put all the blame on Pontius Pilate even though it's very easy to do so. The thing is this. What stirred up the crowd really wasn't the fact that Jesus was in handcuffs and wasn't the fact that Barabbas was in handcuffs, even though it probably played a factor to it. The reason why the crowd was stirred up was because of the religious leaders going around saying, crucify Jesus, crucify Jesus, crucify Jesus. And the crowd being the crowd, just went along with it. Went along with whatever everybody else was doing. And again, guys, in 2020, we can't live our lives like that. We can't just go along just doing what everybody else is doing, what the crowd is doing, because all it's going to do is lead to future hurt. You want to know how I know? Because I experienced it firsthand. A lot of you guys know my testimony. A lot of you guys know where I've come from. But I'll never forget the very first time I ever smoked weed. The very first time I did it, I had no intentions to do it. Yeah, I wasn't a Christian my whole life. But I never had the intention to do it. It wasn't until my friend came to me and said, hey, we're going over to this girl's house on Friday night. We're going to smoke. We want you to be there. And in my mind, I knew. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, my daddy going to beat me. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to go because they just kept texting me. They kept calling me. They kept hitting me up saying, come on, it's going to be a great time. Come on, it's going to be a great time. And I finally just gave in to what everybody else was doing. I said, fine, I'll do it. 
I show up there, and I'm going to be 100% real with y'all. I enjoyed it. The only thing is this. When we start to sin, I'm going to be real. At times, sinning can be fun. Hear me out. Sinning can be fun at times. But the thing is this. Even though sinning can be fun at times, what happens to us later down the road because of the sin we started today is not going to be fun anymore. All that's going to do is ruin our lives. Because you see, in that moment when I thought I was having fun, I did not know I was growing an addiction to smoking. That I did not know that every single weekend I wanted to go out and smoke all because that one time I listened to the crowd and what everybody else was doing. I did not know that I had such a big addiction that I had to meet up with my friends at McDonald's in the morning to smoke weed before I went to school, all because I listened to the crowd. And I'm not coming here to start yelling at you guys. I'm coming here to warn you, don't end up like I did. Don't just listen to what everybody else is doing. That's what Pilate did. And we know where Pilate's going to go. Legend has it that Pilate, all because of the decision he made, all because of the crowd he listened to, Later on, this is legend, it's not in the Bible, we can't truly prove it, but every single time he would wake up, every single time he'd wash his hands, he saw blood on his hands because of the blood of Jesus. So what he ended up doing, because the decision that he made to follow the crowd, was he decided to kill himself. That's what legend has to say, we cannot prove it. But it makes pretty good sense. Because in that moment, he just wanted to listen to the crowd. In that moment, he just wanted to push the situation to the side and not have to deal with it. And that is not a good thing. Now, right now, I I asked some friends if the band wants to come up, and I asked some friends to come up here and help me. Now, again, I told you guys, I'm a very visual learner. The other week, I brought a big ladder out. Y'all thought I was going to go WWE on it. But I brought a ladder out. Hey, Chucky, could you get my backpack that's in the back? It's like as soon as through those two doors, you'll see my backpack. Don't make fun of the way I say backpack. But if I ask you to, yeah, you can post up right here. Post up in that corner. You can post up in that corner. Someone else can post up like right here on the stage. Perfect. Just just spread it out. Dang, Chucky. Dang, Chucky, that thing is as big as you. (laughs) Thank you. Chucky, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. This right here, what I'm putting on my back right now, is my backpack. This is the backpack I use whenever I go backpacking, whenever I go hiking with a, with a group of friends. We put our tents in it. We put our bear canisters. We do all that stuff. Jude went with us the last time. He saw it. But the thing is this. I, I brought this because I'm going to use this as an illustration. Because you see, the issue that we see with Pontius Pilate is this. He listened to the crowd. He listened to what everybody else was doing. He listened to the biggest voice. And can I, can I just tell you something before we even get into the illustration? Sometimes the biggest voice you hear does not mean that's coming from God. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes the loudest voice, the biggest voice, does not mean it's from God. That just means it's the loudest voice and the biggest voice. I, get you, I, I guarantee you probably nine times out of ten it's not God. God will speak to us in the whisper. God will speak to us when we have those one-on-one intentional moments with him. But you see, the thing is this. A lot of times in life, a lot of times we we will listen to the outside noises. And I believe in 2020, some of the biggest outside noises that we have. So for you, if you you can clip on, boom. The reason why I brought this backpack is because I have a bunch of little hooks on it. 
Just anywhere. Yeah, just anywhere. I believe sometimes tonight, Sophia is going to be a, 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 a representation of social media. Because I believe a lot of times in life, we can have people on social media trying to influence one way or another. A lot of times in life, on Instagram, there can be people that we follow. There can be people that we look at on our Explorer page that leads us to do stuff we know we should not be doing. But there can be people that shout the loudest on Instagram, try to gain a big following. And if I can be real, there's even pastors that do the same exact thing on social media saying that you need to look like this, you need to be like this, you need to think like this. Can I tell you something, guys? Just because they tell you to do it, I want you to know this. If it doesn't align with what the scripture has to say, don't do it. Don't do it. Do not do it. But you, we get hooked on to this. You can, you can give me some slack. We get hooked on to what social media has to say, and we have an influence on it. Purple Patty, you're going to be the, the representation of boyfriend and girlfriend. On top of social media, one thing that we have that will tug on us, one thing that we'll have that will push us back and forth will be our girlfriends and boyfriends. And I'm, if you're dating here tonight, I'm not here to say you all need to break up, but I'm here to say, hey, if you don't have Jesus in the center of your life, you need to make sure you get him in there. Because the thing with girlfriends and boyfriends is this, when you're not centered in Jesus, a lot of times what can happen is when they start speaking into our lives, they pull us farther and farther and farther away from Jesus. I've seen it happen many times. I've seen it happen with an intern. I interned with this person, meaning he was set up. He wanted to do ministry, got in a relationship with somebody that did not believe in Jesus. He doesn't even go to church anymore. All because he listened to the influence that she had in his life. And a lot of times that will pull us away from what God has to say. VG, you're going to be friends tonight. Again, a lot of us, every, pretty, pretty much everybody here, we have friends. We all have friends. A lot of our friends are probably even here right now. You just hook it to anything. A lot of us, we have friends here tonight that maybe they, they told us, hey, Come hang out with me tonight at, at uh, Av Youth. It's going to be a great time. But I think a lot of us also have some friends in our lives that will push us in certain directions that we know we shouldn't go. Case in point, my story. My friends, they were leading me down the wrong path. I knew it was wrong, but I did it anyways, all because they were a voice in my life, all because they were pulling in my life to do something I knew was not right. That I knew was not right. Benny G, tonight you're going to be YouTube. I'm kind of making these up on the fly. You see, the one thing I love about YouTube, and again, anything I say tonight, I'm not bashing on them, but I'm just saying watch out for them. Because you see, the thing with YouTube now, YouTube has become one of the biggest streaming sites. YouTube has become one of the biggest search engines. I'm talking about usually when I was a kid growing up, we'd go to Google. You guys nowadays go to YouTube. It's the cold hard fact. The studies are there. And the thing about YouTube that I hate and I like at the same time, anybody can post anything. And a lot of times when we don't know the difference between right and wrong, we'll look at YouTube to search, hey, how is this? Is this okay? Who is Jesus? Who is that? And 99%, I don't want to say it, like 50% of the time, what they have to say isn't true. But we allow what we see on YouTube, we allow what we click on YouTube to influence our lives. And that's not what's right. That's not What's okay? Now tonight, David, you're the last one. I, saved the, I don't want to say save the best for last because I'd be mean to everybody else. 
tonight, Dave is going to represent influencers. And this one I really didn't understand. This one I really didn't understand. Because as a kid growing up, we never really had influencers. I never had social media or anything like that that would represent influence. But nowadays, everybody wants to be an influencer. I remember watching a YouTube video the other day as an influ- some influencer was unboxing a box of toys. And he had like millions of views. And I was like, what in tarnations am I watching right now? But it's a thing, I guess. And you see, the thing is this. Just block out what the kids are laughing at in the background. Probably laughing at my backpack. But you see, the thing is this. There's a lot more people, there's a lot more string I could have bought that every single one of us probably could have hooked onto this backpack saying that this is what I've listened to. This is what pulls me in certain directions. But let me tell you this, guys. There's a lot of things we can allow to attach onto our lives. There's a lot of things. But again, if it is not in line with what the Bible has to say, don't give it the time of day. Do not give it the time of day. Because all that's going to do in our lives, it's going to push us and pull us farther and farther away from Jesus. You see, the thing is, is can you guys pull the slack? I, I brought this out because I wanted it to be a representation of what this can look like in our lives when we allow outside noises to dictate what we do, how we think, how we dress, how we act. Even if I can say this, how we vote, even though nobody here can vote, but we act like we can vote. I'm not saying you can't have your opinion. I'm not. But what I'm saying is this. If what we are talking about, if what we are allowing in our life does not include what the word of God says, do not give it the time of day. Because you see, the thing is this. When we search something, when we look for an answer, when we try to figure out what to do in our lives, and, and we go to social media, we go to influencers, we go to YouTube, and all we do is get let down and let down. And what happens is when we figure out, hey, this isn't going to work, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into the Bible, what ends up happening is this. I start getting pulled back, pulled back away from what the truth has to say. Because what we've done is we've allowed a foothold, we've allowed social media, we've allowed outside influence to dictate which way we pull, which way we go. When at the end of the day, the only thing that should be able to do that is what God is saying. The only thing that should be able to do that is Jesus Christ. The only thing that should do that is what the Holy Spirit is, Holy Spirit is, is influencing you to do. Because I get it, guys. I've been there. It's not fun. It's not. It's not a place you want to go. And I'm saying this now because, again, 2020 has been a year like no other. 2020 has been a year where we've allowed people to speak into our lives that have no business being in our lives. But now they think they have this clip on us. When at the end of the day, as everyone's pulling and pushing and doing all these things, what we need to do is we need to drop all that stuff in our life, even if that means losing some friends, even if that means breaking up with our boyfriend and our girlfriend, even if that means, heck, deleting our Instagram account to focus on God. We need to do it because I'm telling you this right now. If we keep going down these certain roads that we're going down, it's either going to end up us in jail, end up with us as addicted like I was on the way doing, or if I can even be real, end up dead. My cousin, I've shared this story with you guys before. 
He was good. He was going to church. He was doing all these things. And all of a sudden, he started allowing bad people to influence his life. He found himself in a gang in Long Beach. He found himself arrested. And he found himself shanked in a prison and died. All because the influence he let in his life. I'm not here to get riled up. But I'm here because I love every single one of you guys. Brand new. You've been here for years. And I'm here tonight to warn you, that's not the road you want to go down. Don't allow these people that shouldn't even be influencing your life dictate how you look, how you dress, how you act, what you post. It's not right. At the end of the day, the only thing that should be able to do that for us is what the word of God says is what God is calling us to do. That's it. That's it. Let's pray.